0: Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not Enough, Now, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. My special guest today, the good brother, John, founder and owner of City Cuts Barbershop out of Cuts PA, felt like it was his responsibility to help the youth build their confidence in public speaking through reading books out loud while giving them a haircut and paying them $3 for reading out loud. With 75% of Americans having a fear of public speaking, and according to the U.S. Department of Education, 54% of Ameri- uh, adults, U.S. adults 16 to 74 years old, approximately 130 million people reading below equivalent to the 6th grade level. John and his team is doing their part to make a difference. As well, as well, I want to give a quick shout out to my co-host for this episode, Cole Williams, amazing brother, doing amazing work with the juvenile system, trying to get these kids to see the potential of their possibility. So enjoy this conversation. Peace and love.
1: Yeah, yo. There whenever it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you So you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Hear that I'm behind you But always got you In the discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you reach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours <laughs> And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered. Not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change will a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable In your walkway My job is to aware you Fully load and prepare you For all of the above That I'm never letting get near you we still in no, all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, topping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all.
2: He's a barber who pays young customers for getting a haircut. The barber behind the bars on today's good start. Hey guys and welcome to Good Start, I'm Sally Turner. Fear of public speaking or glossophobia affects 75% of the population. But one barber is on a mission to change that for every young boy or girl who enters his business one book at a time. Barber John Esqueta takes a bit off the top and even more off the tab. Are
0: you going to take this home?
2: Yeah, at his okay. Pennsylvania barbershop, City Cuts, John is handing out money to young clients for reading books aloud while they get some seriously stylish haircuts. I'll need a backtie view to catch this script. But these kids are walking away with much more than a fresh cut and cold hard cash.
3: Pretty much um, any kid who comes in, you know, the, as soon as they get in the chair, we try to get them to read a book.
2: John says he created books by kids to help boys and girls become better public speakers. From toddler to teen, outgoing or shy, kids are encouraged and assisted in their reading by Every City Cuts Barber.
4: What does that look
3: like? What does that look like to you? Yeah, to me it looks like french fries. We try to like not make it seem like it's a task, rather than just a, more of an interaction with the barber and the, and the child.
2: I got this that was like an and three dollars. Well, Rewards can be anything from three dollars to some candy $3. cash, or a book to take home. Yeah, yeah let's do the peace sign. <laughs> but most importantly, kids leave feeling more confident about public speaking and with improved reading skills.
0: It's changing lives. The kids are speaking up more. We're kicking that shyness out of the way.
3: So that's the main, that's the main thing, it's working.
2: John immigrated from the Philippines at the age of eight and knew almost no English.
3: Yeah, when I was younger, I was very, very shy and um, afraid to speak up, you know, just because I was afraid of what my peers or other adults were um, thinking about, like how I say certain words.
2: John, who is also a middle school basketball coach, came up with the idea for books by kids when helping his players become more confident.
3: The kids on our team were afraid to speak up to each other during the games and, like, practices. We would We pick, like, a player, and um, have him speak up to his team like he was like a mini-coach. What's that? They started speaking up because it just became normal. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I figured why not bring it here to a younger audience, a younger age, so that by the time they get to 7th and 8th grade, they wouldn't be afraid to communicate with each other or any adults. They
2: keep crusader. Crusader.
3: Crusader.
2: Eight-year-old Connor says books by kids has changed his life. I get to learn a lot about, like, Stuff like history or something. Yeah. I was gonna do Jackie Robinson, um, Alexander Hamilton, or maybe in school I like raised my hand a lot more for reading. Connor and his favorite father, Jerry, have become so close that they each keep a framed photo of the moment that bonded them forever after. This video of Connor reading to Jerry went viral last year. That's when donations started to pour in from schools, libraries and fans. Now the barbershop owns more books than Clippers.
3: We have at least, I wanna say like three or four thousand.
2: These generous donations will come in handy for all the new kid clients looking for a cut above the rest. Now
3: we're going through like 10 to 15 kids a week, if not more.
2: City Cuts hope other salons and barbershops mm-hmm. adopt the same program.
3: I just hope people take advantage of that opportunity to to help because you never know who that person could be, to be our next president. We feel like um, if they do it in their own community, the more kids who are willing to speak up and, and you know breathe, the better our world will be.
0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Ishmael from Dad Is Not a Noun. I have another great episode today. We're going to talk about barbershop and books. They go together. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Um, my co- co-host for today is the one and only Cole Williams. How you doing, brother?
4: Good, brother. Glad to be in the space with you again.
0: Uh, you know, I love you, man. Don't man. be modest. Tell people about yourself.
4: Yep. So I'm <laughs> Cole <laughs> Williams. I got a superhero book called The Fatherhood. Um, And the concept is really about changing the narrative of how we see fathers, but most importantly, how we see men of color. Uh, So I'm excited to be here just to talk about the importance of the barber and the barbershop and its impact on people across the country, really, when we think about it.
0: And then also our special guest is doing that right now in my backyard, Custown, PA. I live in um, Bethlehem, so not too far from each other. Um, Just amazing brother. uh, John and his squad has been shaping heads and hearts in 2006 at his barbershop, the City Cut Barbershop. But more importantly, he created this program called Books by Kids, which empowers kids to find their voice through reading books, but at the same time getting a fresh cut. John, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother?
3: Man, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Thank you very much. Uh, It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to get the word out. Since
0: Since 2006, man, that's awesome. Because that's the important thing, The barbershop, like the church, is the staple of the community. Correct. It's important. But before we get into that, you know, people act like the pandemic never existed. So my question to you two brothers is how has, what have you learned about yourself that you didn't know? Now you know about yourself through the pandemic.
4: Man, well, I guess I'll kick it off. I mean, I knew I was suffering from anxiety. But once the pandemic hit, it really kicked in and in, 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 in a large amount, and so it really forced me to have to do some internal work, uh, was seeking even like a therapist and in, in terms of and even therapy and also even looking at medication to help balance my anxiety. Um, prior to that, my the way I handled my anxiety was just work, 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 and work. Um, but this pandemic has forced me actually to sit still myself, but most importantly, um, do something about what I'm hearing as it relates to my own self-care and my mental health. So the pandemic has definitely shifted me into doing more for myself, and I can, you know, I'm very thankful for that. So, yeah, that's what it's done for me.
3: Um, for myself, I, I felt like uh, I needed to slow down on some things. You know, those three and a half months kind of gave me a, a real perspective on what's really, really important which is obviously family uh, spending time, quality, quality time uh, with my kids and my wife. And, um, you know, having a business, it's very demanding, but that pandemic really just showed me like, man, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to like have a week off and then just not do anything and just chill around and quality time with your kids and your family and really get to know them and sit down with them and just watch what they watch, you know, just be in tune with what they're doing rather than just up and going and just going about your day to day. So I learned to really take my time on some things and just see, try to get involved in whatever they're doing so we could have that common connection.
0: And that's one thing too is important is that common connection, especially the barbershop. What made you want to own your own barbershop?
3: Uh, It was quite a few things. Um, First was um, when I was in high school, uh, I knew my place in, in school per se, as far as being in the classroom wasn't a place mm-hmm. for me. I, it wasn't like I was a bad student. I was, I think i was a pretty good student, but it didn't make any sense for me to, to learn something that I had no interest in,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, especially uh doing any like research papers. Um, right. it, it was, to me, like I wasn't gonna ever use that in whatever field that I wanted to go into. You know, um, and not having a boss uh, that was a big part of it, you know, not answering or anybody. Um, I like being inside. I don't want to work outside. You know, the weather had a lot to do with that and I love watching sports. So, you know, sports is on TV all day, so I could watch that all day and just be entertained by that. So there's a few factors, but the main thing is, um, I just didn't want to go to college route. You know, I didn't think it'd make any sense for me to go to college route and be in debt to, to accumulate that. and, and, not be happy with what you're doing every day so barbering as i looked at as art and that kind of just took it away from me where you know it was simple it wasn't right. that difficult to think about
0: was there a time in your period where was there a mentor that you saw haircut and you're like i want to do that
3: um growing up in the inner city of allentown obviously you know you go to different barber shops and you kind of get a feel for it but there was a a barber teacher named um Mr. Clyde, Uh, if you're, you know, from Allentown, you know, his name ring bells around now. So he taught a lot of barbers, uh, you know, from Allentown, Bethlehem to Easton. So he's been around. Um, He taught me the business side of it and how to deal with people. And I wasn't a people person at first. I was very quiet, you know, timid, uh, not wanting to talk, you know, obviously the public speaking aspect of it was was scary at times. It was just, you know open up to some stranger and it's like you're not knowing them it's like but in turn once you learn how to speak to people that could be the greatest gift you know it, they have something that you don't have you could learn from them and once I kind of learned that from him it was just game on so it was a little easier
0: that's awesome call the man with the gift of speaking you got a question for him
3: <laughs> yeah I was gonna just say man
4: like you know, I I have a speech impediment. On top of the fact that I'm really a um, introvert, and so right. and literally my listening to you, my work forced me to like go into speaking because I've always I had to be I wanted to be in the background, but it wouldn't allow me to do that. Right. So I think that that's really amazing, brother. So one of the questions I have is really about understanding the culture of the barbershop because it's a culture within itself. When you think about your barbershop, how would you describe the culture of your place?
3: Um, first and foremost, we want when, like, you know, any, sh- anybody that walks in our shop, we want to make them to feel as comfortable as possible. That's the firm. So everyone's saying hi, especially the uh, to young mothers out there you know, that come in, you know, sometimes they get a bad rap for going into the shop. So we want to make them to feel like they're on top of the world. You know, even the little kids and the little boys that come in, we, everybody giving fist pumps, you know, just to make them feel like, yo, oh, this is a cool place. Everybody saying hi to me. It's not one of those places where I don't know you when you walk in type of feel, you know. So that to me is very important and just making them just feel like they're one of us. You know, even though we just met them, we make them feel like they're one of us. Even like a strike up a little conversation or just compliment them on whatever they got on. Something to, to, (laughs) oh, yeah, he noticed me. You know, just little things like that. It goes a long way.
4: Yeah. And i I, I asked that question because one of the things that resonated with me when you were talking was this idea of like finding your voice and i have right. learned that in the barbershop it's so necessary when anybody walks in it could be really intimidating to walk oh, into yeah. a barbershop if it's a oh, new definitely. one and you don't know anybody and then having to walk in and then use your voice to say hey I need a cut who do I go to like it's a whole yeah yeah process so I, knowing what the culture is can really you know solidify if i'm gonna go if i'm gonna stay or if i'm gonna just kind of walk
3: past the barbershop I
4: together oh, that's brilliant man yeah yeah that,
3: that that comfortable feeling of you know going to something new obviously we all felt that you know when you when you're a kid when you walk into something you be like oh i don't know about this place or uh they, they're not talking to me or they're not even saying hi to me that, that alone like i probably don't want to go back but once the, you open up to them and Say, hey, what's going on, man? Oh, I like your shoes. Right then and there, I'm like, oh, they noticed me. I'm I'm a person. That right there just opens up a dialogue to make it a little easier for them to just be themselves then after that.
0: Yeah. And then um, the first year or two years of the barbershop, was there some struggles where you felt like I don't know if this is gonna work out? Or was it just, you know what? You had you just kept going and everything was all good and you just kept going.
3: Um, no, nah, because I, I kind of open up as so when I opened up, I was 20 years old, you know, very young. I'm in a college town and I was by myself at first. And um, all I knew was kind of just put in the work, just just be there. You know, people will come eventually. Um, I say the first year was like rough. All I wanted was, let me just get enough to make my first month's rent, you know, and then the next month and then the following month. If I could do that and pay my bills, then I'd be fine. I'd be happy. You know, I wasn't trying to make crazy amount of money. I just want to be able to do things on my own without somebody telling me what to do and, and to just pretty much just chill and watch sports and just talk to people as much as I can. But the first year is definitely a struggle. But after that, once you're there every day, they know you, it's pretty much, you know, business as usual, as they say.
0: And then also, you know, owning a barbershop, you're a mentor to a lot of the guys that you hire. So just right. talk about that, that, that process, uh, that, that mindset as a mentor, as you, you
3: know. Um to me uh, it's pretty simple. It's uh you just want to give back to, to, to somebody that's hungry as you are. You know, if you see their grind and they do want to be there, obviously it takes like a, a certain amount of time to get there. You know, uh, you're not gonna give everybody an opportunity because they don't deserve that. But once they kind of pass that test for you. You know, everybody has their own test. Once they pass that test for you, to me, it's like, he has something that I don't have, right. you know, and then I'm going to give him an opportunity like this, and maybe he'll do something great with it, or if, if not, just provide for his family. Right. So, to me, that was the biggest thing is just being able to, to open that door for someone who who was interested in in the trade.
4: John, let me ask you this. What, what's been um, an eye-opener for you as it relates to – you know, how you how you envisioned this barbershop being when you first started and then where you are now. Were there have there been any like nuggets of like eye opening moments where like, man, this is what I envisioned. But this is where I'm at. And I can't my mind is blown by it.
3: Um, It wasn't really any eye opening, but it was just more of like the day to day stuff or like month to month, year to year, like the trends that change. I know part of me when I when I was growing up as a kid, what I saw was you know some shop that i that i've seen that are like very successful they all have that camaraderie part of it like mm. all the guys will get along they joke on each other you know and, and to me that was just like being part of a team like and you know any basketball team or football team or soccer team like that camaraderie of, of the boys is talking about each other and making fun of them but then still handling the business you know that to me was great like if i it reminded me like the locker room of of any sports that you know that you play so that part was was a little easier but then the trends how it changed from certain type of haircuts or the environment that that it's in the shop you know those can change from like five every five or ten years so i think that to me was just having that vision and and keeping up with it rather than sticking with what you know and, and that's it so adapting to change is i think the biggest thing
0: and then also i love how you apply when you were a, a basketball coach for kids and you apply that to your program uh booked by kids talk about that 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 being that coach that again that mentor aspect
3: and how well,
0: you were able to apply that with the program
3: well the basketball part of it was you know i have the passion for the game i love you know the game of basketball and for me to be able to give back to, to these kids to, I mean, I don't want to say the right way, but kind of like my way of playing basketball, respecting the game, you know, having self-discipline and, and just giving maximum effort for whatever you're doing at that moment in time. Um, it was these kids that been coaching for about three four years, and they still had problems communicating with their teammates, you know, on the basketball court. But off the court, they could talk many hours, laugh and joke, but then when it's time to ball up, it's like... I don't want to tell him what to do. I'm scared of what he's going to say to me type of feel. So we pretty much just gave him a a platform as far as you're a mini coach. I'm going to tell you what to do, and you have to relay it to your players. Now they have to listen to you. Now you're forced to speak up about a play, about a practice, (laughs) about something. You know, so all eyes are on you. So you're practicing that while you're talking to them. So I figured, man, that because it worked with them. You know, they were in seventh grade, eighth grade, and they got really comfortable with it enough to where they're telling their teammates on the court, you know, what to do, and there was no hard feelings. So I figured if I could get the seventh and eighth grade boys to do that and we start a lot younger, you know, by the time they get to that age, it'll be a little easier for them to speak to their coach or their parents or their teachers or any adult because they're already used to it. So that's how I kind of had the – idea of starting the books by kids because of basketball and the kids
0: that's dope, Cole. you got another question brother
4: yeah i was gonna say too john can you can you talk a little bit about because we mentioned mentorship but both me and um ishmael around dad is not a now really do a lot of work with celebrating and uplifting and giving it- the importance of fathers can you speak to what you're what you you're seeing in your in your barbershop as it relates to fathers and men because i know earlier you talked about you know just making sure the culture is safe for moms but what's in your what's your vision in terms of what you're seeing as it relates to the culture of fathers in your space
3: i mean there's a lot of fathers that you know are are bringing their sons in you know that aspect is cool but the ones that we really want to target is the kids that don't have the fathers that you know have the single mom or the grandmother taking them. I know, you know, your dad's not taking you, but we'll kind of take on that role model aspect. You know, anytime you need anything, please come to us. Uh, We won't shut the door on you. Um, I built a basketball court right in the back of the shop just for kids to kind of hang out in, you know, just so that they have a safe place to come through. Rather than, this is not just a business, but we want to be able to make our community a lot safer and a lot better. And how do we do that? By starting with us. You know, it started with me and then all my barbers, you know, they pretty much follow suit. And, and we know the end game is to impact as many lives as we can, especially if you're younger and you don't have that role model. You know, I've I've been a role model to kids who've been. I say I started kind of like the seven to eight. Now they have their kids on their own. Wow. And, and I'm still teaching them. I'm like, listen, you know, the right things to do is you be there for your kid as much as you can. Yeah. You know, they, they still struggle with that here and there, but hearing that voice and hearing someone telling them, like, this is the things to go about, it just makes it all like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, I got to be there. So it kind of holds them accountable because somebody's telling them, yo, you messing up right now. Yeah. You know, you got to get back on track. Yeah. So that part of it is just rewarding itself that, you know, they're making that changes by listening to us. So and then we have to be the example. You know, we had to lead by example. So if we're not doing the things right way, they're gonna look at us like, "Oh, you guys are just not." No, this is true and true each and every day. This is what you had to do.
0: And hey, can you can you tell us a story um uh, of a kid that you you mentored, and they just came back to you like, "Oh, just want to let you know, I got all A's. I made the honor roll." Can um, yeah, there's um,
3: um, there's a few. There's one that really sticks to me that um, he's a uh, like like he's, like Cole is, like introverted, you know, not wanting to say anything. He just come in with his mom. And um, one time, I think he was around like a fifth grader, I want to say, and he read, you know, like maybe like a, just a sentence one time. And I'm just like, you know, that's good enough for me because at least you tried, you put the effort in. You know, that takes a lot for somebody who doesn't yeah. talk. He usually has headphones in while, you know, he's waiting for, you know, to get in my chair. So I kind of, Eased his way into reading, just like, oh, what's that? You know, what's the first word? Then after that, he just read the sentence. So the next time he came back, he read like a few chapters. Wow. And, and then the following time he came back, he probably read at least like half of the book. I mean, it wasn't a thick book, but you know, in 20, 15, 20 minutes, he was progressing. Wow. So now he's in, he's all the way to high school. You know, obviously they don't want to read anymore, but just for me to kind of get the initial start. And then for him to progress and to not be shy at all, that was just, it, it kind of, you know, put a little tear in my eye a little bit. I was just like, man, it, it, it does work.
2: Right.
3: You know, stuff like that, it does. So hopefully he'll take that, whatever he learned and, and just continue moving forward. And now he's, he's not shy to talk to anybody that walks in the shop. He talks, he says, out of all the barbers. So that impact alone right there was, was just made me like, man, really smile at the end of the day, man. I I know we made a difference.
0: And then also talk about the culture aspect because I know, you know, you set goals. Like if you read the book, we'll give All you right. three bucks. Talk about that factor.
3: Well, wow. that $3 is just, um, it's just a little incentive to me. Um, what's $3 if you could impact a kid with a confidence, you know, $3 yeah. can go a long way. And they're looking at it as like, Oh, I earned $3 This is my first job or well, whatever. We kind of joke around, Oh, you want to get a job here, put the book in your hand. This is your first job. Um, it just for them to, to kind of be like, oh, I could spend this money on something rather than, you know, not getting anything for it. I feel like if you do something good, sometimes that reward will kind of push you towards keep on doing the same thing or, or progressing to, to do something better. So that's all we wanted to do was and I know three dollars ain't a lot, but it's enough for kids to be able to be like, yeah, I want to read, you know, so just a little incentive.
4: John, my question to you is: What's the what's the community response? How are our schools aware? Like, is it? Can you walk me through? Like, how is the community responding to? I mean, this honestly, what you're doing is revolutionaries. But I got another thought, but I want you to give me that answer first. So, but <laughs> okay. yeah,
3: I was, um, the community. So, like around, I started, I think, in like 2017. Okay. Um, you know, just I bought a a box of candy. You know, it kind of started the fundraiser off. Um, you know. We're starting a book about kids. There's a box of candy. If you put a dollar in, obviously you take candy out. But these are going towards the kids. So the first few months, I mean, it was definitely slow. But we got a, a, a kid here and there. And then um, we went viral, I think, around like January of 2019. Okay. And um, that really took off because all over the world they were posting and reposting it. Uh, we went from, I think, having like a million views to like nine million views on one video within like a week span. So uh, we were getting books from all over like England, Brazil, like India, New Zealand, Australia. They were just sending so much stuff that I couldn't keep up with all the demand. Yeah. You know, And me going through that first time, it was just like, whoa, this is an eye opening. Like how do I handle this at that moment in time? So sitting back at it, having a few years of it and it's like having that experience, you know, now it's a little easier for me to kind of have my other barbers here. You talk to that person. You know, you had you had a part in here, too, not just myself. Yeah. So here you can handle that podcast or here, handle that interview. Yeah. You know, so that that to me was just rewarding for them to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'm part of the program, too. And and I'm making that impact, too. Not just, you know, John, Jerry's involved, Rudy's involved, G involved all our guys that are are wanting to be it well they have no problem speaking and talking so it makes them you know more the merrier for me that's right
4: yeah yeah and I you know I don't know if this is a question as much as I, I guess it's a statement with the with the stats that talk about fourth grade reading scores can predetermine whether or not Um, we look at young people entering into the criminal justice system or the school, to pipeline. I think that what you're doing is, I mean, extremely revolutionary because we know that if kids struggle with reading, they're going to have a lot of behavior problems in school. So the fact that they're sitting in the chair, getting a haircut while at the same time getting the support that relates to reading is, man, it's just, yeah, it's revolutionary. So I just... Part of me just wonders if you know how. I, I feel like you know, but I wonder if you know, know the power of what you and your team are actually doing.
3: Um, it's like it's like here and there, you know. You don't yeah. want to stay too much on. Oh, this is what we did because yeah. every day is a new day for us yeah. to keep on working towards that. Yeah. You know, we don't want to. We want to be humbled as far as we are making a difference, but there's a lot more kids that that need our help. So if yeah. we stuck to that, like you know, every day some a brand new kid that comes in, we want to be able to to, to have an impact on his life, you know, going forward. But I know our community is small; we're not that big. We're in Kutztown, so I was hoping that more barbershops would would kind of adopt something, and not it necessarily it have to be mine, but something that you know will will impact their community, because we can't impact you know cities out in California, obviously. But if the barbershop right then and there are doing something about it, then they can impact their community. All it is, we want a better world for our kids. Yeah. So if we continue to do the work and, and I'm hoping, you know, a lot more people will kind of just follow suit or, or have their own thing.
4: So I got another question.
3: All right, man, fire
4: away. No, because this is really important. When I think about it, is there a barbershop coalition? Where there are barbers within your community, within the county, within the state that, you know, talk about the issues that barbers are faced with. But I've just I keep asking. I'm like, where is that community of, of barbers? But I want to. Yeah. So what, what's your thought about that? And is that something? Um, you think- it's.
3: I think breaking that narrative as far as barbershops, you know how it is in, in, the, in the city, sometimes is like more of a competitive thing where no, nah, I don't want to mess with you guys because you guys will get your own shop. I think now. It's changing with with definitely social media, um, going to these expos.
4: Okay.
3: Um, you know the barber events. We uh, went to ones in New York. Um, obviously, in Connecticut was the real big one, but they don't have, per se, like a community as far as what can we do to impact our our community within our community type of feel. It's more of like a, just a brand global thing, you know, just the barbershop culture alone, but nothing as far as different programs that they're doing. So I'm trying to work with some other people to kind of get things started on my end. I know it's very small, you know, but it's a it's a step going towards that, yeah. I feel like. Um you know, the high powered barbershop, the ones that's a real popular or got millions of followers, they're more of a business, you know, part of it. Um can they impact lives? They can as much as they can. But for me to reach out to somebody like that, I think sometimes it just Gets a little skewed, so I'd rather start small, yep. and then work my way. You know, what I'm saying up to eventually, if I get the opportunity, yes. But right now, it's just they probably won't even look at your messages, or they won't even you know contact you because they're probably thinking you're trying to do something for yourself, trying yeah. to get put on. You know that type of feel to it. So I don't. I I rather be organic sure. in that way rather than forcing my you know the program to to, to the to the big guys per se. Wow. I feel
4: like that's the secret sauce, John, because that's exactly what you did in terms of what we're talking about today, in terms of the books. I mean, you, you started small, I mean, and 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 look at what you've been able to do now. So yeah.
0: Yeah, man, it's a it's amazing work, bro. And then also, um, you're not that far from Cutztown University. Has uh Cutstown reached reach out to you, maybe doing oh, like yeah. some partnership? Talk about that.
3: Um, not so much of a partnership, but they uh they're a great resource for us. You know, anytime, anytime, we need anything, I could go to. Uh, I cut the president's hair of university. I cut their the CFO. We we talk a lot about you know ideas as far as what can we do to kind of work together here and there. Um, and even like the the Kutztown community, you know, we work close with the the library here. They they're the ones who really started with us. They gave us the set of books to start wow. off with. Wow. You know, and then and then. And they were just doing it just because they wanted more books out on the streets. And I figured, man, let's just use this to, you know, put this to use. Uh, I feel like the university and the town itself go kind of hand in hand. Right. So so they do recognize what we're doing and they're very proud of what we're doing. And, And I'm hoping, you know, that we can continue working with that relationship with them, you know, down the line, something bigger and better if we can.
0: And and I hopefully too, because um, Cost Town is a good university. Um, yeah. And then what I love about your culture too is that it's so diverse. Because sometimes when you think of a barbershop, right, right. we're often segregated yep, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And like seeing your barbershop, you see black kids, Latino, white, Asian. You see all types of kids. So just talk about that.
3: Well, all our barbers are different. Um, I'm Filipino, obviously. Uh, the barber manager, he's been my best friend since we were four years old. I mean, fourth grade. He's black. Uh, we have a, a Haitian barber. We have a, another barber who's from Guatemala. And then we have two two white barbers that just kind of got on. So we're very diverse in there. And, and we just want people, like, like I said, that, that welcome and feeling. You know, just that comfortable space for them to be in. So, if we're all different and to me this is a representation of America. Yep. You know, we are a melting pot. So, why not I mean, could sound it it's it's town country. You know, pretty much it's real really you roll around here and you're between Allentown and Reading. Mm. So, for you to kind of get that diversity in the middle of Allentown and Reading which is about 45 minutes away from each other. I think we definitely made our spot, and, and again, just being able to have anybody that walk in there and feel comfortable is our biggest thing. That to me, well, you know, it, we won already by by making them feel comfortable. Any race, any color, any gender, how old they are doesn't matter. Kids from one years old to our clients that are like ninety something years old. You know, different colors, different shapes, different sizes. It doesn't matter as long as you. Feel comfortable in the shop, We did our job, and
0: you have, man. Since 2006, that's amazing, man. That's amazing work. Uh, before we we end the show, brother Cole, you got one more question because you look excited right there. Yeah, like, man. I was just <laughs> <ask you>. <laughs> like, <laughs> this could go on for hours.
4: <laughs> it, John, I don't know what's your your connection with the foster care system. Are you? Do you are you connected with the the foster care system at all?
3: Um, we do. Um, are you familiar with a uh, kid's piece at all? No, no. Have you heard of kid's piece? No. So kid's piece is, um, somewhere like a, uh, pretty much like a shelter for, for, uh, young adults. Um, ranges from, I think, uh, like I want to say seven to all the way to 18 or like 21 years old. Okay. So we, you know, a few of my barbers over there, I started it. Um, they started cutting hair over there also. So they do go paying like once a month or once every other, as long as, you know, they get about, I say seven to like 10 kids that they cut, you know, different houses, got different kids. Uh, obviously, um, depends on the situation that one house might be able to, you know, get it done that day and the following house, it depends on the situation in that house because sometimes there's really... Uh, I want to say, I don't want to say too bad, but you know, it's dangerous for, you know, just people to just walk in there. Um, and and that alone right there is like, they're not there for months at a time. They're there sometimes years, Mm. you know, they grow up with, you know, no parents or they got in trouble. So it's like pretty much like a step away from prison, kind of like not necessarily a foster care, but like it just,
4: yeah, it's a not prison.
3: Yeah. 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 Pretty much. So, um, and we, we do work up there. Uh, we do a lot of community events, as far as um, you know, back to school haircuts. We try to give back as much as we can to, to you know, unfortunate, you know, situations with with certain families. You know, we try to get back, we get back uh, book bags with school supplies in it. We did that in the past. Obviously, the pandemic had a lot to do with not us doing it. You know, but hopefully, we can continue that next year. But we already missed two years, and it, it kind of bears down on me a little bit that we weren't able to do it each and every year so
4: okay. yeah and I I ask that, John, only because uh, in my experience with working with barbers and being connected with barbers, there's more to the barber than just being in the chair and or sitting and standing over in the chair and providing a service that barbers do a host of a range of a variety of things within the community. And I don't think that's always told. I don't think the barber's narrative is always highlighted in a way. So, I mean, that's why I love that. What, you know, it's just doing here, because, again, it gives. Right. Right opportunity to truly see the diverse the diversity of a barber itself so i have nothing but to say man thank you for the work that you are continuously doing to make a difference not only in it. your community but but by um having this conversation with us it's a, a, a reminder and an inspiration for us to do the same thing with the barbers in our community so thank you brother thank you for the work uh,
3: thank you man i appreciate you guys for having me man and let's let's continue to do the work you know as for us and then just make an impact on these kids man that's what it's all about to me so Keep doing what you guys are doing, man, and hopefully we'll connect, you know, in person someday. Yeah,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely going to happen. But before yeah. we end this show, uh, Cole, I don't want to put you on the spot. You know, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I, I know I got emotional when you um, finally got that fatherhood printed, copies printed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reaching out to you to see can we can you send a copy to John? Oh,
3: absolutely.
4: Oh, that was our. <laughs> Wow, appreciate that. Yeah, you got you got a the Yeah, brother. That was so no, it's, we we on the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. on that
0: but on that note, this was another amazing episode of That Is Not a Now. Again, we changed the narrative of the barbershop yeah. or the barber on this episode. Um John, how can people find you?
3: Um, usually, uh, just on the website, usually at citycustbarbershop.com or, um, our IG handle citycutsbarbershop. Uh, it's, you know, it, you can find us pretty much on social media. Um, give us a call. Our number is four eight four six four six nine six nine nine. 646 9699 If you just want to speak to us and, and just, you know, give your thoughts as far as what, what can we do to make it better? You know, if anybody else has any ideas, please, man, reach out. Um, I, it's I want this to everyone to feel like they're part of it. Not just, you know, us in here. So everyone can, can do something. Then let's make it happen.
0: Definitely. And Cole, how can people find you?
3: They can find me at Cole Speaks at, um, on IG.
4: They can also find the comic book series on, at, on IG, the father underscore hood <laughs> on IG. That's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. That's sure. I'm, yes. Right. Yes. yes.
0: And any websites or anything?
4: Oh man, the delta project. You can go to the delta project more about my nonprofit organization that tells the stories of incarcerated youth um that we support and work with here in uh, Michigan. But yeah, the delta project.com um and then the my IG's,
3: that's the best way to find them
0: And all that good stuff. We're out. Peace.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Peace, man. Take care.
1: off of for you, yeah, yo There whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you In the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you reach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak A change will a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, huh? give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown huh? And since the baton was passed, hopping down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all huh? my message to any dad man first off know that yeah it it is a hard job but it's the greatest job in the world i wouldn't trade it for anything i wouldn't change anything about it everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before now it has purpose it's
4: the most important thing you'll ever do just be a dad